Jonathan India and Joey Votto have us fired up. And can a minor league signing be frustrating? Because I think the Reds made a frustrating minor league signing. You are locked on Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Podcasts are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside Jeff Carr, and we are diehard baseball fans. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds. We have taken our love of the game, our passion for baseball, and we have turned that passion into information for you on today's podcast we are going to be talking about comments that joey Votto made out in arizona surrounding his future and the team's performance we're also going to dig into what jonathan india had to say about his role on the team and what we can expect to see from him in 2023 uh, we're going to finish all this up by digging into what i am sure is Jeff Carr's favorite signing of the year that the Reds have made. Uh, and it's going to be David Bell's favorite signing because they brought back his ninth inning guy in Hunter Strickland on a minor league deal with an invite to big league camp. We're going to have a lot more on that coming up. But Jeff, I think where I want to start today is with Joseph Daniel Votto because he said some things out in Arizona. Yeah, Joey's making it clear, and we've talked about this before, that he made it clear last year, too. The Reds are not going to have an easy decision when it comes to Joey Votto at the end of this year because he is motivated. He is ready for a big season. He talked a lot. There was a great article that whether you're looking at the Enquirer, MLB.com, there, there were a lot of great quotes from Joey Votto as he showed up to camp over the weekend. He had his first, you know, uh, batting practice in the cages and things like that on Sunday. And of course, today is the first day of uh, full team workouts. So he'll be out there as well. The, the quick news was, you know, his recovery is going well, but not well enough that he's going to be a part of these first couple of spring training games. So don't expect him in the lineups and the starting lineup coming off the bench, whatever Joey Votto is not going to be playing in these first couple of games, but he did say that his recovery is going well. However, I, I, I love this because he was asked the obvious question. I mean, what Steve, if you were asking Joseph, Daniel, Joseph Daniel Votto shows up a good year. First question you ask him, what is it? Joey, is this your last spring training as a major league baseball player? And I Above his answer. He came back. He he's had a lot more. He said a lot more than this, but this was the gist of it. He said, as far as thinking about this being my last spring training, I don't think that because I don't think that's going to happen. He is ready. I love it. You know, there was a lot more uh, topics that came out of this. And I think Joey, spoke as candidly on some subjects as we're ever going to see him speak candidly in public. Uh, Joey Votto is not the kind of guy that's going to come out there and rip the front office or rip the ownership group. He's just not that guy. Uh, but they did ask Joey about uh, the, the frustrations that the yeah. fan base has 
you know, going through it right now and the frustrations that are out there in Red's country and uh, directed at the team and directed at the front office and the ownership group. And Joey says, we deserve it. We have to play better. It's a failure of ours to leave such a supportive fan base dissatisfied. We are aware of it. I am aware of it. The cynicism, in my opinion, is completely justified. How's that, Jeff? I, I, I really wish, and I scoured the internet to find it, but I could not find it. Really wish there was a video of this because I might just watch that video like every day until opening day because his, his comments have me so excited. The different things that he said. Yes, he's aware of it. And I love the other thing that he said. He's just like, um, you know, we're working toward getting better, but we have to do it collectively hearing their challenges, Reds country, that is hearing Reds fans challenges, I think helps us as players. And he understands, look, I, I, I have a hard time thinking that anybody on the Reds roster for the last couple of years that is still here doesn't know what Reds country is feeling. They see the stands. They see how empty great American ballpark is, whether or not you can buy $3 beer. They see that nobody's there, so they're they're ready. They they themselves want to perform as good as they can. Now it's not on Joey Votto to build the roster. It is on Joey Votto to hit the baseball, catch the baseball, throw the baseball, all that good stuff. He cannot build the team. However, he can control his own performance. And I mean, even he said, you know, his struggles last year. And I, I love this quote. This might have been the funniest thing that he said whenever he was addressing his struggles last year, he said, you know, maybe I played like, <clears throat> because mm -hmm. I'm not good anymore. We'll see. I doubt that, but we'll see. Candid, <laughs> just like you said. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, I, it would have been very easy for Joey Votto to come in with all of the tailor-made excuses. Well, you know, it was, it's hard to perform at the level I'm accustomed to with a wrecked shoulder and torn bicep. It's difficult for us to win ball games with a record setting number of injuries and players cycling through the roster. All the things that he could have said, and he didn't do any of that. He didn't make any excuses. Uh, I love that Joey Votto uh, kind of owned these things. And we talk all the time and we're going to talk in the next segment about leadership on this team. Yes. And Joey Votto has never been a rah-rah, rally the troops around the locker room kind of leader. But you want to talk about leadership? You want to talk about somebody setting a narrative and guiding the rest of this team? This interview from Joey Votto is exactly that. This is Joey okay. Votto being a leader, even if he's not saying, look at me, I'm a leader. This is Joey leading. It's leading by example. And he's done that for his entire career. I know that that's not the flashy thing that grabs headlines and gets fans fired up, but he's always done that. However, this interview, it, it got me fired up all the different things that he said, you know, he had a lot to say talking about, you know, where his recovery process is. And he said a lot about, you know, I just need reps. I need to, I need to get at bats. I need to dive for a ball. I need to throw. I need to do all this stuff. I need to check a swing and miss it. I need to, you know, all this other stuff. I, I need to play basically is what he said in so many different words. And because of that, I think that, you know, I, I would say that his opening day status is in doubt. David Bell has not gone that far. David Bell has not said that he expects Joey Votto to be out of opening day, but Joey finished his monologue about his recovery with this. 
I'm no good to anyone if I get hurt again. And that's exactly right. And that's exactly what we've been saying all offseason. Don't rush him back because when he gets back, he's going to play well. When he gets back and he's 100% healthy, if you bring him back 80%, 90%, whatever, then you're not only doing a disservice to him, but you're going to do a disservice to this team. And he understands that. And, and I've talked about this with guys like Jonathan India. The Reds have an obligation to protect these players from themselves. And I'm not saying that Joey's going to try to come back too soon, but the Reds have the obligation to make sure when they do put these players on the active rosters, they are, in fact, 100% ready to go. And with Joey talking about his recovery, there was a little nugget in there, Jeff, and it just jumped right off of the transcript at me. Uh, as I was reading through this, he says, I can't say where I'm heading with all this, but I'm motivated to get ready as quickly as possible. Trust me. I want to play every opening day until 2030. 2030. You heard 20, me right. 20. Did you miss, did you miss say 2023? I, I did not. Joey Votto wants to play into his mid forties. He says he wants to play every opening day until 2030, uh, which leads us to the interesting possibility, Jeff, uh, that the Reds may be able to get something done with him. You know, we've talked what's going to happen with this extension. I can't see outside of an MVP type season that the Reds just pick up the option. But if Joey wants to play, the fans want Joey to play. The Joey wants to play longer. Could that set the table for a lower dollar amount, longer term extension to keep Joey Votto as the designated hitter in Cincinnati for two or three more years at least? Well, let's start this now. I mean, he has not said anything to the effect that they are working on something behind the scenes, but let's go back to what he said. He said, um, as far as thinking about this being my last spring training, I don't think like that because I don't think that's going to happen. And he has said, Multiple times, I want to retire red. I don't want to go anywhere else. I'm not chasing rings. I want to do it here. If I do it anywhere, I'm doing it here. And the $20 million option, I know that we've talked about this a lot ad nauseum, but think about this. That was something that was put in place whenever he signed that contract extension, what feels like a million years ago. That wasn't something they came up with over the last few years. So I think that leading into this, Joey's been formulating a plan. Hopefully the team has been formulating some kind of plan, but even if he were to be the MVP in 2023, that they would still turn that $20 million option into a two or three year extension that maybe they spread that $20 million out over because I firmly believe I, I have, and you know what? Maybe we ought to create a segment here of Jeff talked himself into something that Steve needs to talk himself, talk him out of. But I think I've talked myself into the thought that Joey Votto is not done in the Cincinnati and 2023 will not be his last year in Cincinnati. Well, well, one thing's for sure, Jeff, no matter what direction this goes, the Reds are not going to have an easy decision on their hands when it comes to Joey Votto at the end of the 2023 baseball season, because Joey is motivated. He's ready to play. And the fans are ready to keep him around. So it's going to be difficult for uh, Nick Craw. I don't envy him in this position. I don't either, Steve. But you know what? I, I tell you what, Joey had a lot of good things to say. Jonathan India had all the right things to say, too. And we'll tell you why he has us very excited for his 2023 and his role on this team. That's coming up here in just a moment. Before we get to that, though, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, and that is 
FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports book, and they are the official sports book sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network. And it's currently the midway point of the NBA season, and that was the perfect time to download the FanDuel app because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the app today. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, you can check out Major League Baseball futures like the Cy Young Award. Nick Lodolo, did you know this? Actually has plus 4,000, which is, you know, if, if you're keeping track at home, that's 40 to 1 odds to win the Cy Young, at least according to FanDuel. So if you want to make a couple of bucks and, and Nick Lodolo just goes crazy, uh, 40 to 1 odds to win the Cy Young. So don't miss out on your chance to get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets whenever you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel. They're an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And sports betting is now legal in the state of Ohio. Locked On has you covered. We can help you make a few bucks with Locked On bets. They can help new and seasoned gamblers alike uh, be sure about the wagers that they're putting down. That's Locked On Bets. Download and subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. But for Locked On Reds, coming up here tomorrow, war. What is it good for? We'll tell you. But Steve... I tell you who's telling us a lot of great things. And that's Jonathan India, because there was an awesome article and it was a few days ago, uh, in the inquire again from Bobby Nightingale. He's just all over the place. I love what Bobby does during spring training. Absolute great coverage. Uh, you got to follow Bobby at the very least on Twitter. I think he's on that post, like the social app that people are trying to get to because it works and Twitter doesn't like to sometimes. Uh, but he had a great thing about Jonathan India because Jonathan India it has proven through what he has said and what he showed last year, he's going to be a leader of this ball club and he's going to have a much better 2023 than he did 2022. You know, when, when these comments broke uh, at the end of last week, uh, there was mixed reaction. I, I saw people online questioning, you know, Jonathan India taking a leadership role. I mean, he's only a year or so older than a lot of the guys he's supposed to lead. And, you know, I don't have a problem with what Jonathan India had to say. Uh, you know, he addressed uh, and identified where he thought he made mistakes in mm -hmm. his preparation for last year. He identified areas where he felt like he could improve. Uh, he recognized the fact that this team needs leadership. And as much as we just talked about Joey Votto being the quiet leader and, and leading by example, they do still need somebody to kind of be the 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 leader the vocal leader and to to be willing to take that role on and if you look around the clubhouse there's only a few candidates for that one of them's named jonathan india the other one is named tyler stevenson and i don't think any of the young pitchers have quite established themselves enough yet to be that guy so for me it's it's heads or tails tyler yep. or jonathan and it looks like it's going to be jonathan and to be honest with you, I can't think of a team where a pitcher is the vocal leader. Like maybe Justin Verlander was in Houston. I don't think he has the right to be in New York now. Mm -mm. Although I don't know who would be. I, I think New York's got Pete Alonso. I think Pete Alonso is their guy. But yeah, like the the role of vocal leader for the Cincinnati Reds 
was vacant. Kyle Farmer was definitely that guy, at least for the last couple of years. And since he was traded to Minnesota, there was a vacuum. And you're right. I don't think anybody else is stepping up for this. And I think it's funny because I, I saw the trepidation that people had about this, and I, I didn't get it either. Jonathan India has been here. He's been through the rigmarole. He's had a good year, and he's had a bad year. He's had a healthy year, and he's had a hurt year. And I, I think when you're talking about age and all that stuff, it doesn't matter if you have experience. And I think Jonathan India, when you're looking at this roster, has the most experience, at least with the Cincinnati Reds. Will Myers, brand new. He's not going to walk in and be a vocal leader. That wasn't what he did in San Diego either, so it's not something he's going to do here. But I, I do appreciate, and kind of like you said, he was he knew himself. He, he knew the struggles that he went through last year, and I appreciated some of the things that he had to say about that because he acknowledged that doubt crept into his mind about his own performance. He said that's something he's never had problems with. He grew up in a household that promoted self-confidence because his, his dad was a bodybuilder. And Jonathan said this about last season. He said, I was getting in my head asking myself, did I prepare well enough? Am I letting my guys down and he went on to say in different parts of this article you know he was like i realized that we weren't good enough and i had to be better and it's just like you knew and you could see it on the field he was trying to put the entire struggles of the team on his shoulders absolutely and and that impacted him you know I, like he said in his head mentally as he prepared for the games and you know the the mental aspect of the game was not the only area where he tried to make tweaks and he tried to do things differently and it didn't have the impact that he wanted it to have. Uh, he went on to say during that conversation, Jeff, uh, that he tried to focus on getting stronger before last season. Basically he approached it, uh, with the idea of get bigger and hit some homers. Uh, and he went on to say that he learned the hard way that that's not how you do it. And I, I think we see that where guys try to make their game, something that it isn't. And I think we saw the negative impacts uh, of Jonathan try to do that. And it may have led to some of his injuries. Now, obviously it had nothing to do with the compartment syndrome situation that came out of the field of dreams game, but all of that bulking up, all of that lifting, all of that extra gym time may have had an impact on those hamstrings, which was what really dogged him through the 2022 baseball season. And uh, one of the other things in, in talking about, you know, bulking up too much and worrying about hitting homers and things like that, um, in this article also, we have our first report of best, okay, not necessarily best shape of his life, but he said that he cut 10 pounds. We need, do we have, is this, is this an alarm? No, that's not alarm. But if we had an alarm, we would have played it right there. Oh my gosh, he's cut 10 pounds. In fact, it, he talks about like his game style is that of grit, that of tough, that of playing hard. And he couldn't do that with his body style last year. So cutting the 10 pounds is a huge thing, but also the mindset, because he talked about changing the mindset, not only of him, but of the team. And he said, quote, I want to set a culture this year that's different from the past. Everyone has the same mindset, no matter who it is. That's what we need. That's our ticket to success. Everyone has the same mindset competing every day, no matter the outcome. And I'm with him. I, I'll say this. Probably one of the biggest compliments you could give a 100 win or a 100 loss baseball team. I wish they were 100 wins. 100 loss baseball right. team What's was that, that like? they didn't seem to give up. 
there weren't points where you're just like, oh, they, they're not even trying out there. Like this, this game is was over in the second inning because they stopped playing. Like I don't remember too many games where I said that. And the fact that he still acknowledges that and he's just like, we're coming in and we're competing every single day. That's huge. No, this team remains scrappy. Uh, in fact, that last uh, summer trip through when you and I were hanging out at the ballpark, how many walk-offs in a week? There were like three walk-offs yeah, that week where I was trying. there. You know, like they never, they never stopped trying to gut it out. And I saw some pushback online for India talking about culture. And, and some of the pushback was, you know, he's not really ever won anything. How can he cre help create this culture of winning? And I don't necessarily think that it's that, uh, you know, the Reds will create a culture of winning by getting better and these prospects developing and putting talent on the field. But what India can do as a vocal leader of this team is keep it crystal clear that he will not accept people quitting or they'll get called out that the winning is what's important and the losing is not acceptable uh it may happen but it's not acceptable and they're not going to become complacent and they're not gonna you know I, I imagine this is the culture he's trying to create is if you go get your doors blown off and lose by nine runs you're not partying in the clubhouse after the game things right. like that you know you're you're trying to improve you're trying to get better you're trying to drill down and find ways to be more successful and i think india can help lead everybody else to those goals my favorite thing that he said india is telling the team to play with an edge he's encouraging everyone to show emotion on the field even if outsiders view it as too much emotion i wonder what that's going to look like against the pittsburgh pirates because i feel like they were the one team that really hated it whenever we showed emotion but then again clint hurdle's not their manager anymore so i don't think that's going to be that big I still think um, there's probably not a lot of uh, a love between those two franchises uh, for sure. But there's one more piece of this, and I, I would love to get your take on this because uh, there was there was a question that was framed to him, and basically it was about people riding off the Reds before the season even started. And I wonder if this is a coded question. Is this a question of the fan base riding off the Reds before they've ever thrown a pitch? Or was this a question about Phil Castellini's comments <laughs> to the Rosie Reds group about the Reds being out of contention uh, before the season even started? Before we even reached opening day, Phil said, there is no hope. And Jonathan India had interesting... Uh, interesting response to the question of people writing him off. This was not specifically posed to him about Phil Castellini, but I wonder if there's undertones to it. Uh, here's what Jonathan had to say. He said, there's already good energy and that's what we need. A lot of good gritty guys. Uh, that's a scary sight. On paper, we don't have anybody that stands out. We don't have a, oh, this guy gets millions of dollars type of player. There's nothing like that. Uh, when you have a group like that trying to earn something, it's scary. We're going to prove a lot of people wrong this year. Uh, can you read between the lines there a little bit, Jeff? Or am I just, or am I just trying to see something that's not there? I think I can. And I think it's more so, you know, aimed at outside criticism. I can see how it does pertain a little bit to Phil Castellini, but like a huge thing. And, and there was something on Twitter today. I forget who tweeted it, but it made its rounds around Reds country because it was uh, officially reported that the Reds were the team in Major League Baseball that cut their payroll the most this offseason, percentage-wise, number-wise, all that good stuff. The most percentage of payroll came off 
from the Cincinnati Reds payroll compared to any other team. And if I'm a player, this is the response I have to that because number one, the players cannot pay the roster anyway. But if I'm a player, I'm like, I don't care how much I'm getting paid. I'm going to go win baseball games. And I love the fact that that is Jonathan India's mindset. I agree. Well, I, I think that Jonathan India is the clubhouse leader. Uh, 100%. And I look forward to see what he does with that. Something else we got to talk about coming up. Usually a minor league signing in spring training isn't something to get overly excited about. But the Reds made a move just after our Aloha Friday live show that has both Jeff and myself, well, worked up. We're going to discuss that move and what it could mean coming up next. But before we talk about that, I want to talk about one of the sponsors for today's podcast, and that is Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories, then you gotta try Built Bar. With Built, healthy actually is tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think that they're good for you. Uh, they're perfect for you maintaining your health goals and your diet goals. And if you're still sticking to your resolutions from New Year's, uh, Built will help you carry on. Uh, I'm not sure how Built does it. Uh, these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing statistics. And as we've been telling you, we love statistics around here. Uh, they have 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and they have a jam packed whopping amount of protein at 17 grams of protein. And now you don't even have to wait around by your mailbox to get a box of Built Bar. For years, we've been telling you to head over to Built.com to order your Built Bars, and you can still do that. But now you can also get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs right now at Walmart's pharmacy section. Uh, you can also head over to Sam's Club and grab a 13-bar box, and they have some of the big hits in there. They've got brownie batter. They've got churro, which is one of my personal favorites. Listen, you can thank me later. Head out and grab yourself a box today. Or, as we've always told you, you can go ahead over to built.com and grab them as well. You can also follow the podcast. You can follow the podcast on all platforms, including right here on YouTube. If you're watching us there, thank you. Click subscribe, click the notification bell. We will have you covered. Uh, YouTube will let you know anytime we post something new or go live. And if you haven't uh, had a chance to hang out with us on one of the Friday Aloha live shows, you are missing out. Uh, you can also follow us between shows on Twitter. You can follow me at S Offenbaker with two F's. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr with three F's and you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. All right, Jeff, are you ready? I know you've been just itching to talk about your guy is back in the fold. I'm sure you have ordered a jersey. That is right. The Reds signed Hunter Strickland, Mr. Back in ninth inning himself to a minor league deal with a spring training invite. Can you can you think of the names that you rather would have heard? Rather would have heard Jeff Hoffman. Rather would have heard. Yes. Uh, let's see. Um, what about Heath Hembry? No. When, when <laughs> Sorry, I'm not him, willing. Uh, I'm not willing to go that far. <laughs> what about? Um, let, let's go back in time. Let's say uh, they're still still viable. Would you rather have heard Todd Coffee? Oh sure. Um, Ross Ollendorf. 
Uh, maybe. And here, listen, Jeff, let's let's set this up a little bit because people are probably looking at Hunter Strickland's career and his numbers and like, well, hey, this is a, a minor league invite signing. He's not horrible. It's not his numbers aren't that bad. Why are you guys so worked up? Here's why we're worked up. He pitched in 66 games for the Cincinnati Reds in 2022 of those 66 games. 35 of them were the ninth inning. He finished 35 games for the Reds. He earned seven saves over those 35 games. He gave up a lot of runs, allowing inherited runners to score. Listen, I know his ERA wasn't terrible. I know that you look at his numbers, a quick glance at baseball reference says, oh, well, you know, a 4.91 ERA in 66 games for this horrible team. That's not that bad. The numbers are deceiving with Hunter Strickland. And my fear my problem with this signing is less about his stats and what he could do if used correctly. It's that I don't think David Bell can use him correctly. Whatever it is, whether Hunter Strickland has some dirt on somebody or these guys are just good drinking buddies, I don't know. But Hunter Strickland found himself in so many situations last year that he had no business being anywhere near on a baseball field. I, I just... We know who he is, right? Like, and we say it all the time relief pitching is a fickle thing. Maybe he can bounce back. Blah, 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 blah. Steve, I'm going to show you something. And this is from uh, baseballsavant.com. And just for everybody, so for YouTube, I'm about to show a graphic, but for everybody on the audio uh, side of things as well, this is a graphic from baseballsavant.com. And Steve, what do we know about baseball savant? We know that you can look at this graph and you can look at baseball savant like you're watching a Reds Brewers game. Milwaukee versus Cincinnati. Blue is bad. Red is good. There's a whole lot of blue on this diagram. I mean, and, and in bad places too. Like, sure, okay, fastball velocity, it's in the red. Yeah, that's nice. Fastball spin, yeah, it's in the red. That's nice. Whiff percentage, that's it's it's kind of it's like pink, pinkish red. It's that's okay. Everything else is blue. And, and it's not like we're talking about a guy who's gotten unlucky. It's not like we're talking about a guy who should have been a little bit better, but just didn't have the big enough sample size, all this other stuff. We know who he is. And my hope, my single solitary hope with this minor league signing is that he was brought in because the Reds have a number of relief pitchers out on the World Baseball Classic, and he's just going to be an extra arm. That's what I hope because God help us if we break camp and Hunter Strickland is on the rise. By the way, I, I scoured the internet. I don't know if maybe you saw this or not, but I scoured the internet to find this. Is there a clause in his contract about games finished? Because, oh my gosh, if there is. We talked about that last year. For those of you that may not pick up on that, he did have that clause in his contract last year. Bonus. Sometimes yeah. Jeff and I we're speculating that David Bell was just trying to help the guy get paid because the team was so bad. I don't know. Because again, he was used in a lot of situations. He had nowhere, no business being anywhere near. So, you know, that brings us back to David Bell, Jeff. And do we believe that David Bell will have the ability to use Hunter Strickland correctly? If he does somehow make this roster out of camp, will David Bell use him as a, you know, middle innings guy in situations that aren't very high leverage? Well, the problem is in the article that I read, at least, you know, from Mark Sheldon, he was talking to David Bell about Hunter Strickland and David Bell was in love with the fact that Hunter Strickland was one of two players, the only pitcher to be on the roster all season long last year and not require an IL stint. 
In fact, David Bell made the quote he was talking about. He's just like, you know, you could pitch him three days in a row and then he's ready to go the fourth day if you need him to. And it's just like, oh my gosh, David, David Bell really likes this guy. And I think if he's got a say, I think he's going to add him on the roster. But David Bell also had this to say about the roster. He said, we're looking for the best 13 guys. They're talking about pitchers. We're looking for the best 13 guys to break camp with. Remember, you're limited to 13 pitchers on your 26-man roster. There's a priority of filling out the five-man rotation. Hopefully, we have guys that show they can be a sixth starter early in the year if something comes up. If the guys that don't make the rotation very easily could be the best 13, I want Connor and Justin to get every opportunity. That's Connor, Overton, Justin Dunn. Uh, their candidates, Luis Sessa is the same way. Those guys could easily shift to the bullpen. Okay, so we just made three names. We had three names that if they're not in the rotation, they're going to be part of the bullpen. And then you have Alexis Diaz and Lucas Sims. All right, we're up to 10 pitchers already. We've got three more spots. Uh, I really hope one of those spots don't go to Hunter Strickland because if you're breaking camp with the best players on your roster, the best 13 pitchers on your roster, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, Hunter Strickland is not one of them. No, and you know, some of these guys they've brought in, Jeff, I, I think when it comes down to it, there's going to be one bullpen spot available for one of these non-roster guys to go take. I think that's where we're going to get to. The 13th man from the in the bullpen is going to be one of these non-roster invite invitee guys. So if may the best man win, I guess, but yes. if everybody else but Hunter Strickland, I'm okay with that because I'm not concerned about how they'll be used. I am concerned that if your 13th man in the bullpen is getting to be in 35 ninth inning situations, that's a problem. Right. Yeah. I, I just look, like you said, if he's around David Bell, better not think that Hunter Strickland is closer one B with Alexis DS. Cause closer one B is Lucas Sims closer one C like he's not there that's not where he is if he's on this roster he's the last guy on this roster he's the last guy out of the bullpen he's the first guy out of the bullpen in a situation where the reds are either up by a bunch or down by a bunch in fact if they're up by a bunch I don't even want to see him then I want to see him whenever the reds are way out of the game I just I don't want to see him in any sort of important situation and I hate to say that about the guy because for all intents and purposes, it sounds like he's a great guy, does a lot of great things in the community. But what we saw on that mound, I don't want to see anymore. I absolutely wholeheartedly agree. And on that depressing note, that's probably <laughs> where we should wrap it up for today, Jeff. <sighs> Jonathan India, Joey Votto. Let's go with that. that. That makes me happier to say that. Okay. It's going to wrap us up for Locked On Reds here today. Coming up tomorrow, war. See, what is it good for? You know Absolutely what? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. Oh, wait. Is that not what we're doing? Different war. Different war. We're talking oh, about it. No, we'll tell you why the war we're talking about is good. But thank you for making Locked On Reds your first listen here today. Now go make your second listen, Locked On MLB Prospects, as Lindsey Crosby has you covered on the future stars of tomorrow as he goes deep on the farm system of, of Major League Baseball. That's Locked on MLB prospects. It's just like locked on Reds, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including right here on YouTube. Steve, we're getting reports. Everybody's in camp. We're practicing. We're five, five, six, five, six, five days away from the first spring training game. Right? I counted that right. 
Right. I don't know. I'm going to have to double check your math. But I'm on. what yeah. that means, Jeffrey, is that we're going to be locked in that much more detail on the transactions. We're going to be locked in on the waiver wires. We're going to be locked in on the rumors. We're going to be watching the reports out of Goodyear like a hawk so that we can keep everybody locked on Reds every single day. Hunter Strickland. Ugh.